Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Alright, welcome to the show, boys and girls. This is Championship Weekend for UNCAA football nuts, which is great. Love it. Awesomeness is where we're at. It's also still football week for us on this podcast of dingers and dunks, so that's a fun time as well. I'm loving this by the way, so, and I appreciate everybody tuning in and listening to what we got going on here at One Guy with the Mic. It's been a fun, fun month so far, or I should say football season. Um, unfortunately, I don't think any of my fantasy football teams are, aren't going to make the playoffs this year, so that's a 16-year uh, straight run of at least having one of my multiple uh, teams make the playoffs, uh, not make the playoffs. So that's a hell of a streak to end. Um, I mean, I guess I will have one team, which is my 14 team, four team league that is with my two nephews and brother-in-law. So that's always fun. Um, so this week championship weekend, this is where all gets hung out on the line. A lot of chaos needs to happen for Alabama to make it in, which, roll tide, baby. Um, so, I it's a long shot. It's like a 2% chance of Alabama making it in, which to me is uh, still a chance. That's what I'm saying. Um, you got Iowa and Michigan, and it's still the... I think the polling total is like 35. Yeah, it's still going to be the under, I think. Um, Iowa's going to hit the – an Iowa game is going to hit the under again. So, but we'll get that in more detail here in a minute. Um, also want to let you guys know I will be uh, on a uh, podcast with a um, – uh, on a different podcast, podcast as a guest. Um this month talking about Willie Hernandez from the night um, who passed away this this year uh, one of three uh, pitchers to win a Cy Young Award MVP award and World Series MVP award all in the same year so we'll be uh, so as soon as I get more details on that obviously I'll let you guys know so you can tune in um, it's a little something that, that gets put together, put together every single year. So we'll have that as well. Um, it's Christmas time. Um, so I hope everybody's enjoying, uh, getting their presents wrapped and you're getting the presents bought and wrapped and trees up and lights hung up. So it's a fun, uh, fun time for most others. Not so much. So. What we got going on here? Well, let's start off with the 11 a.m. game between the Texas Longhorns, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, what is up with this game, shall we? Uh, this game is Texas trying to win a Big 12 championship before... They, they bid farewell to the conference. It's the Cowboys trying to top off a 9-3 and season with a championship where they have beat Oklahoma this year. So, why not ruin Texas's going-away party as well, right? Um, unfortunately, I don't trust Mike Gundy. Just saying. Um, uh, Mike Gundy team's... I have not trusted much lately as well because I sometimes don't think Mike Gundy can win the big game. 
So with the so with Texas coming in ranked seventh, and you got uh, Oklahoma State ranked nineteenth right now. Uh, I'm going with the Texas Longhorns with the win. Um, unfortunately, that's bad news for Bama because Texas, I feel, holds the uh, since Texas did beat Bama in Bama that holds the they hold the tiebreaker, obviously. Um, then you have the next up, we can talk a little bit about this, uh, uh, Mac championship. Why not? It's, uh, Miami, Ohio and Toledo. You got Miami, Ohio, who is 10 and two versus a Toledo team. That's 11 and one. And, uh, with Miami's only loss being to Toledo at home. So, uh, this game, I mean, Toledo and Miami, it's always a fun game. Uh, Miami is a plus seven underdog in this game. And like I said, they're coming off their only loss is a 21-17 at home loss against Toledo. But I think that, uh, I, you know, Toledo Rockets are the Toledo Rockets, so. Uh, I'm going Toledo on this one. Sounds like a lot of fun. I love the Mac. We all should really watch the Mac a lot more. It's a really fun conference. Um, at, and that game's at 11 a.m. on ESPN as well. Uh, you got Georgia, Alabama at 3 o'clock on CBS. Uh, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Atlanta. Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. And, uh... You're looking at a Georgia team that hasn't lost since uh, for almost two straight years, right? This Georgia team has just ran through everybody. But they also didn't really play anyone in my – I mean, they played four top 20 teams this year. Played Kentucky, beat them 51-13 at home. Played Missouri. Beat them 30-21 to at home. Played Ole Miss 52-17. to Played Tennessee on the road 38-10. to That was their four um, ranked game this year. Then they played their other games were against University of Tennessee, Martin, Ball State. They played UAB. I mean, and then their conference game, or and then they had Georgia Tech. Those were their, their out-of-conference games. Then you had, you know, you got South Carolina in here, uh, Vanderbilt, Florida. I mean, like, they didn't really play. I mean, they played Auburn and beat them 27-20, which, I mean, we all know what happened. In the, in the, if you didn't watch the Bama-Auburn game, you were definitely missing out with that rocket to the back of the end zone. So, on that grave digger play as they called it so that on the anniversary of the kick six so that was even better yet um but yeah so i just think that uh georgia hasn't really played anybody this year and then last year obviously i mean they played only i mean really even last year uh they only played two top 25 teams last year so their I think their streak is a little kind of suspect here considering their last loss was to Alabama in the SEC championship game in 2021 which they still ended up making the uh, the uh, college playoff that year and went on to beat Michigan and then beat Alabama in the championship game to get get revenge. So, meanwhile, you got Bama that you got Alabama that has lost to Texas at home 34-24. And then well, let's see. And then they played Ole Miss 124-10 at home. Uh, Tennessee, LSU. So, I mean, they've played four top 17 teams. 
Um, their other opponents, not really. I mean, they had a three-point win against Arkansas. Sometimes I just think this Alabama team doesn't know how to win, if that makes sense. Even though they've won. I mean, obviously, like I said, they've won games, but I just don't think they know how to, like, get to constant continually win games like if you look at the Auburn game they let that one be too close like they should have blown Auburn out it should not have been that close against Auburn right um and maybe that was the gut check for them uh let's see so then last year you know um Bama had two losses last year against Tennessee and LSU uh so I mean, they didn't, they didn't make the uh, the championship, and then they ended up beating Kansas State in the in the old Sugar Bowl. I don't think Bryce Young played in a. Uh, nope, Bryce Young did play in the uh, college playoff championship game in twenty one. So, I just just think that Auburn game might have been a wake up call for him, but. It's a little bit too late. It's just too tough with so many unbeaten teams right now in college football, which is kind of crazy this late in the year as well. Um, I can't remember a time where we had four unbeatens. Well, actually five because uh, Liberty's unbeaten as well, I do believe. But you have all these unbeaten teams still left in the uh, at the end of the season. Like, I just can't can't fathom it right now. So, this is pretty much a coin toss game, obviously, with the team so close. Um, uh, and Georgia's, like I said, going for their 30th straight win. Um, Alabama does lead the series 42 26 and 4. Um, but Jalen Milroy definitely needs to be uh, the weapon that he can be. Um, I think what really really has hurt Georgia though is that they're, they've lost their tight ends um, they lost one to an ACL injury and then Brock Bowers has been out with, slowed by an ankle injury all year as well so the fun note of this game is that Georgia would be the only the ninth FBF school to win 30 consecutive games um, the longest streak in history is Oklahoma's run of over 47 straight, straight in 53 to 57. Alabama does has 10 wins against teams ranked number one, and that's the most by any school. I mean, obviously that's because they play in the SEC, where they for some reason they get a lot of ranked number one teams get ranked in the SEC. So, uh, Crimson Tide kicker Will Richard. Uh, Richard uh, is one successful kick away from becoming the NCAA's career scoring leader all by himself. Um, he is tied with Keenan Reynolds, former Navy quarterback, as well. So, And the Bulldogs haven't beaten Alabama and Al- Atlanta since 1942. Where was that? Where was uh, the last conference championship game? thought that was Atlanta. Like, that makes no sense to me. Maybe that one beat them in back-to-back years. I don't know. But, I mean. So. So. I guess. I guess that's the case. I mean, I thought. They always played in Atlanta. But. Apparently I was wrong. Hmm. Uh, but Kirby Smart does have have also uh, Nick Saban's number. But uh, I'm taking the dog here, and I'm taking uh, Alabama. Roll Tide, baby. Um, so that's where we're going with on this one. Uh, next up, we got uh, you have. I mean, you got SMU and Tulane. I mean, at at 3 p.m. on ABC. Uh, Tulane's eleven. Tulane's eleven and one, only lost being to Old Miss thirty-seven twenty. SMU trying to win a trying to win a conference uh, championship before they go to the ACC, uh, where they're going to basically play for free. So 
Um, SMU is a plus three underdog. However, I like how ESPN has uh, them to win 72.5% chance of winning. So I that's pretty awesome, I guess. Uh, the Green Wave is trying to defend last year's crown. The Mustangs are trying to seek their first champ- AAC championship. Um, so I really... Uh, But SMU is out with their starting quarterback, so they're going with their backup, Kevin Jennings. Preston Stone's out. He broke his leg last week against Navy. Um, so, I mean, backup quarterbacks never never do well in conference championship games, it seems like. So, um, going to lane on this one. Go Green Wave. That's cool. I mean, their logo is so awesome. It's a green, a mean green wave. It's got like a little fist. And then it's got a cheerleader horn on it. So that's pretty sweet to me. Oh. Um, next up, you got... Uh, I mean, you want to talk about App State and Troy? I really don't because I think that should have really been James Madison in there. Uh, 7 p.m., you got two games going on here. You got Michigan and Iowa. In Indianapolis at Luke Oil, Lucas Oil Stadium, and you got Louisville at Florida State. So number two versus number sixteen, and number fourteen versus number four. Uh, I think both these games could be upset alerts. I know Iowa has the. Um, I know Iowa has the worst rank offense there is, but realistically, on a botched fair catch call, they would be eleven and one. And only one opponent has scored more than uh, 16 points on them. Yeah, that's right. Only one opponent has scored more than 16 points on them. And that was Penn State at Penn State, which was the fourth game of the year. Ever since then, Michigan State has put up the most at 16. And nobody. And they've gotten a shutout against the Rutgers. Um they won 15 to cents against Wisconsin, 10 to 7 against Northwestern, 15-13 over Illinois, 13-10 over Nebraska. So I mean, their defense does find ways. Right? I mean, when you look at it and when you do look at it, their defense has not been that world we're going to let you do what you want between the 20s. As as it used to be in the past, where it was a bend don't break defense, but now the defense actually goes out. The last few years, Phil Parker's got that defense making plays and winning games for this team. Now, that said, I mean, they uh, with that, like I said, with that said, Michigan does, um does have the number two ranked offense uh, yards per game, which is 394 and a half a game. And they're very balanced on the run and and pass option here. Plus, they also average 37 points a game. Meanwhile, the Hawkeyes average 18 points a game. So, um, really think that but on the defensive side, I mean, this is where they're both really good because so Michigan only allows 10 points a game where the Hawkeyes allow 12 points a game. Uh, they only, they, Michigan allows 94 yards per game rushing. My Meanwhile, the Hawkeyes only give 105. And the Hawkeyes don't turn the ball. The Hawkeyes don't turn the ball over. That's the other thing, is the Hawkeyes offense doesn't turn turn the ball over that often. Like, they don't make mistakes. They just punt the ball. That's all they do. They just punt the ball. I mean, they have they've thrown nine interceptions all year. That's it. All right. Um, they only throw for 123 yards a game, but they've only thrown nine interceptions. Meanwhile... Uh, Michigan 
Well, has only thrown five interceptions on the year. Um, so, I mean, uh, you got a couple of quarterbacks here that don't really turn the ball over. Third downs percentage. Michigan converts almost 50% of the third downs. Iowa does not, obviously, because they're on because their uh, offense is really lackluster, right? So, and me. Meanwhile, the Hawkeyes defense has turned has 10, 10 INTs, and the Michigan defense got sixteen INTs. So, I think again, this is going to be a, a really, really good. I think it's going to be a better game than most would think that most are going to think is happening with it. I mean, I was only allowed two rushing touchdowns all year, so their longest run allowed was twenty nine yards. And they've caused nine fumbles. So, the, I mean, the Michigan defense has got, like, what, 27 turnovers, I think. Meanwhile, the Hawkeyes have, like, 19. So, both both defenses can turn, can turn the ball over and get it back on, uh, get it back to the offense. And then it's just a field position game, which I always got one of the best punters and one of the best punters in the, in the um, college football, so I I think Iowa can pull pull off an upset, um, but do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. Uh, Michigan's just too strong. Uh, they got Jim Harbaugh back, but I think it's going to be a closer game than what most people think. So that'll be fun. Um, and then on the other side, you have Louisville and uh, Florida State in the ACC championship game. Florida State might be going with their third string quarterback, which, like I said, court, backup quarterbacks are never good in championship games. But uh, Louisville's not really that strong of a team. Um, you really, with uh, Florida State trying to make it 13 and 0, uh, going undefeated for uh, and playing in its first conference game in almost a decade, I think Florida State comes out and win. Comes out and just blows them away. Um, Louisville doesn't look that strong. They did finish 10-2 and in the overall for the season, and they did go 7-2 and in the conference. Or 7-1 in conference play. And they did just come off against a blown lead against Kentucky. So, um, but I just, just don't see them uh, being able to sustain to be able to win so especially what like I said when they just blown a lead and they played one two they played two ranked teams all year Notre Dame and Duke uh, I mean they won both of those games meanwhile you got Florida State all right you got the Knowles of Florida State and they beat LSU at the first game of the year a three seed they beat Duke 38 to 20 um, again, they didn't. I mean, that was their two ranked games, uh, but they blew away everybody that they were supposed to blow away. So, I mean, the Florida game was kind of close, but then they ended up pulling away at the end of the end of it. So, they really have not been in danger, um, and I still think their third quarterback can set them up for goodness. But it is a uh, it is a championship game, and. Backup quarterbacks sometimes don't show up. So, that's why I'm saying Louisville, you have a chance of spoiling Florida State's party, which would be pretty awesome. So, uh, I'll take, you know what, just for just for sh- shites and giggles, uh, I am going to take the Louisville Cardinals in this one. Even though they are, I mean... They're only four-point dogs, so, I mean, it's not a bad take at all. And then you have, so that brings me to the last matchup. It's at 2 o'clock, and it's in Las Vegas. And it is between the UNLV Rebels and the Boise State Broncos. Now, the Mountain West Conference came down to computers. San Jose State was the odd man out, even though they did beat the 
uh, Rebels. 37-31 last game. However, the Rebels had a stronger schedule and also had higher rankings. So therefore, the the Rebels were in. They were going to be the Rebels were going to be in it either way. It was just a matter of not, who they're going to play. Um, so then. Boise State, who beat San Jose State, obviously was higher in the rankings. Um, so then Boise State got in. And now you get the Boise State-UNLV matchup that we didn't get to see during the regular season. And UNLV is the host of it at Allegiant Field. So, quick turnaround for the boys, that, for the guys and gals that are uh, doing the field setup, field prep for this game since the Pac-12 championship game was played on it Friday night. So, real quick turnaround for, for them to get that field ready for 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, also, other uh, Mountain West. So, before I get to the other news in the Mountain West, I should say, let's finish this up. I think UNLV comes out and wins this game. I think that Boise State is talking a lot of crap, too. Because, here's what Boise State has posted up on their scouting of UNLV that really kind of um, kind of kind of uh, is kind of a little shady they need to do a little better on this number two of scouting the this week's opponent on scouting UNLV despite all the glitz and glamour in Sin City Sin City all that glitters is not necessary gold for the Rebels UNLV enters this week looking to win its second conference championship ever and first since 1994 which was part of the um part of the big west or the um uh the whack at that time and if you think we're forgetting something we certainly are not yes UNLV won the pacific coast athletic conference in 84 but later had to forfeit the title due to using ineligible ineligible players no that team was not coached by jerry tarkanian so Shots at have been fired. Um, that '84 team. Um, I did some investigating and I couldn't figure out which players were ineligible. But my guess is, I mean, it was the '80s, bro. Like everybody was paying somebody. Look at SMU for crying out loud. Ugh. Who ended up getting the death penalty? Which, by the way, is probably one of the ESPN 30 for 30 uh, uh, documentaries there is. So you should probably go check that out. And why there'll never be another death penalty given to a college football team. Um, so, I mean, and they talk about that in this, this whole list is just that they go and you can, I posted it on Twitter. Um, and so if you want to go, you can go look at it. But, um, uh, but it's, it's just the whole list is just ridiculous. Um, I mean, Barry Odinus came in and basically turned this program around in one year, which following UNLV football for as long as I have, uh, I thought Tony Sanchez was going to do it. I thought, um, the last coach was going to do it, Arroyo, and neither one got it done. So, I mean, I really thought Sanchez was guy won like multiple college high school football championships was a Las Vegas guy. And I thought he was going to come in, turn the program around, and he did it. And Barry Odom comes over from Arkansas and um, and then just automatically just starts running it. So, um, this is probably going to be one of the best games of the weekend. Um, the Broncos are making their seventh trip to the Mountain West title game uh, since it was introduced in 2013. UNLV's first appearance. Um, the Boise State Broncos fired their head coach when they were five and five. Now they move in seven and five. Uh, and this is only the second time that the uh, Rebels have won more than uh, uh have won have had a winning record since 1999. So, and it's our first bowl game appearance in since 2014 so that's been fun but for what Barry Odom has done with this program has been by far amazing Jaden Maya Maya Mayava 
has been excellent. Vincent Davis Jr. has been excellent. Uh, Ricky White has been phenomenal. A uh, guy should definitely be win conference player of the year. I know he did. Uh, he did get first team all conference, but boy has balled out though. Um, Seventy five receptions for thirteen hundred yards, seven TDs. Yeah, boy balled out. That's what I'm saying. Um, so definitely should have should win conference player of the year. You got Jaden Maiava. Um, he uh, passed for twenty six hundred yards. You know we talked about this last week, so. Going into the uh, game against San Jose State, just how well this team has been been doing. So, and I'm going to go keep going with them. Uh, after they, I mean, they lost to Fresno State 31-24, bounced back and beat New Mexico 56 to 14. So, I think they can do the same thing. It's one week at a time mentality. And next opponent's up Boise State, and they've been talking a lot of crap. And so UNLV by Mm, two touchdowns. We'll we'll make it that way. Sounds like a fun time. So, uh, and again, if you want to see the uh, the post that UNLV has scouted, um, go, uh, go ahead and follow me. Go ahead and check out my Twitter because I do have that posted up on there. Um, so that gets me in the NFL schedule this week. Um, we did not do so hot last week. A lot of upsets. A lot of teams I did not think were going to win one, and I think I only won like four games. But hey, we're 180. We're 100 wins and 80 losses on the season. So we're still 20 games above 500 uh, for the Swami baby. Um, so uh, you had the Thursday matchup. You had Dallas and Seattle, which was you know, good game. Dallas actually, won, you know, Dallas won, won a game above a 500 team for the first time this year. So that's a plus. Seattle came out and played very, very well, which was quite amazing after the egg they laid against the Niners. Seattle still has a chance to make the playoffs, which is fine. Um, they have a – Seattle uh, has a schedule that's still favorable for them to do so at 6-6. Six and six. I mean – they play the Niners again next week. Then they got the Eagles, but then they finish up with the Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. So I feel like as well they have. I think they get a little revenge on the Niners. They have the Eagles coming to coming to the house, which I think that game's gonna be on Monday Night Football. So I think that that's gonna help as well. Plus they got a lot of days between these games. So they played a Thursday night game against the Cowboys, and they don't play the Niners again until the tenth. Uh, until a Sunday. So they get, what, 10 days off, basically, between games. Basically, that's an extra bye week. Um, the Eagles, they get eight, eight days because they don't play they don't play them until Monday night. So I think give Pete Carroll that much time and thinking he can have his team show up. So good. So Seattle, I think, can still win, you know, four of their last five get 10 and to get to 10 and 7 and now I'll get enough to put in the playoffs which Geno Smith like I said looked phenomenal on Thursday night I'm not taking anything away from the Seahawks on this because that Cowboys defense is number one for a reason in fantasy football um they're basically number one in takeaways that defense is just uh, um just really strong and uh and I think with the Cowboys record, with four games to go, um, they play the Eagles, the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Lions. So those are some playoff matchups right there, boys and girls. And if they can go, oh, and then they finish up with the Commanders. So I mean, I could see them going four and one as well, finishing at thirteen and four, and giving the Eagles another loss. So I mean, they still have a chance at this AFC or the NFC East. Um, so. And uh, no one cares about Stephen A. Smith. So, ESPN, I know he's your talking head, but still. So, uh, Cal, I mean, it was it was probably one of the best Thursday night games of the year. Or last few, last two years, I should say. <laughs> because we've had some really crappy Thursday night games. And that was pretty probably one of the best ones. Um, then we got Indianapolis and Tennessee. Um, I'm going Indy there, Tennessee, 
I don't know what Tennessee's doing. They're so up and down. They don't use Derrick Henry enough. They don't really, really. Uh, I'm at a loss for words. What they're trying to do at that with that offense right now. Um, Indianapolis going Gardner Minshew all day. Uh, I love Gardner Minshew the second. Um, then you got the Chargers going to New England. Chargers definitely need a win. Um, I feel um, Bra- uh, Brandon Staley is, I think, on the hot seat. I mean, they've lost three in a row, and he said he's still going to call the defense. So I really think it's it's they need to finish strong. They have games against the Patriots, Broncos, Raiders, Bills, Broncos against, and then they have the Chiefs at home. So, I mean, they got, was that, two – four six games left um i feel like for him in order to keep his job going into next year he needs to finish out nine and eight which i mean they're gonna miss the playoffs again it's just gonna be that's just the way it's gonna be and i think brand staley's out at the chargers at the end of the year i think uh, as much as don't want to i mean as much fun as he is sometimes but it's either him or Kellen Winslow has got to go because one of them suffering. Or maybe it's Justin Herbert's not as good as everybody thinks he is. I have no idea. Um, but I think the Chargers can win this one. But it's Bill Belichick, New England. Bailey Zappi is probably going to be the quarterback. So we're definitely going to go with the um, – we'll go Chargers. Why not? Uh, going, to win in, uh, going to win in Foxborough. I mean, if Philip Rivers and LT could do it, why not? Uh, why not? Uh, uh, Justin Herbert and Austin Eckler. Just saying. I don't know. You got Detroit, New Orleans. Uh, no one really wants to win that South. That's all I'm saying with the Orleans, New Orleans. Seems like everybody wants to just not win that South, which is why I really thought Carolina could sneak in and win this thing, but apparently not. So, um, Detroit coming off that loss against hard loss against Green Bay I think Jerry Goss finally gets his act together stops throwing interceptions stops running the ball and uh I think New Orleans is a great play this week for Detroit to get all that kind of mojo back that Dan Campbell's missing especially going against his old team um so I'm going uh Detroit on this one uh, up in New York, you got Atlanta and New York playing at MetLife Stadium where the field is just horrible um when are we going to get real turf put at that stadium? Because apparently they're, uh, f- or a better um, groundskeeper up there. Because for some reason, people are just tear everything at that field for some reason. So maybe it's because Jimmy Hoffa's buried in the end zone. I don't know. And I don't know if that's a real thing or not. It's just always been one of the rumors. So <laughs> uh, I think Atlanta, I think New York wins this game. Uh, I think the Jets win. And what about Aaron Rodgers? Uh, did he really tear his Achilles? Nobody knows except for him. He says yes, um, but I'm not a big Aaron Rodgers fan. So what he has to say sometimes uh, kind of is whatever to me. So I mean, congrats if he's going to make it back to the make it back this year. I guess. I don't know. It would be a medical phenomenon. Please let us know how you did it. So, that way we can get more players to heal from Achilles faster as well. Um, Then you got Arizona-Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh obviously. Um, Mike Tomlin is probably one of the best coaches right now in the league for what he has. Um, And then they did fire Matt Canada, which was amazing because then they actually started passing the ball and using the middle of the field and it's crazy but Deontay Johnson's having a little bit of a diva issue out there which um Tomlin's not gonna let that go so he'll probably fix that either they get that ship fixed as well George Pickens isn't really happy as well but I mean they're wide receivers they're they're prima donnas wide receivers as a former wide receiver I am for sure know all about that I mean, I wasn't even a good wide receiver, but I still, like, had Michael Irvin status on, you know, felt like I was Michael Irvin out there. And so, and I was slow, but, I mean, it is, and I was small. So, I had a lot of things working against me, but I could catch the ball and hold on to it. So, um, 
Next up, so I'll take Pittsburgh in that game. Next up, we got Miami Washington. Oh, Miami's just going to run roughshod all over this thing. Miami probably puts up forty eight points this this week. Washington defense just it's horrible. Jack Del Rio is probably going to get fired. Ron Rivera is probably going to get fired. Washington's probably going to clean house now that they got a new owner. Uh, I just don't think uh, they're going to let this team sit around and uh, continue to play as bad as it is. Sam Howell, however, is playing out of his mind, and that's very low-key uh, rookie of the year potential for me. Uh, I think with Sam Lowell, what Sam Howell's doing out there in Washington, he's got um, – He's got a 66.5% completion rating. He's thrown for 3,300 yards, 18 touchdowns. Um, so, and then he's also rushed as well. Um, hold on one second. Let's see. There we go. So, he's got 18 TDs, 13 INTs. Um... He rushing, he has 222 yards rushing and three TDs. So, I mean, the boys doing really is playing really well. Uh, too bad his defense is just not that good. So, and I think he's, you know, you're gonna get a quarter. You're gonna get a, here if they do end up letting Rivera go. You're probably you're gonna get to bring in an offensive minded coach, right? And then even bring more out of Sam Howell. Don't bring in Josh McDaniels. That'd be the dumbest move ever. But so, um, so Sam Howell can somehow, some way pull off that as well. So, um, going, uh, going Miami, uh, Denver, Houston. Denver's on a streak, man. Going against Houston. I don't know which game. To, I don't know who to pick in this game. Houston coming off that loss against Jacksonville. Where the defense didn't look as good, um, so, but Denver's playing hot. They're just finding a win. They're just finding ways to win games right now. Um, I mean, they've won five in a row, beating the Packers, Chiefs, Bills, Vikings, Browns, and now they go to Houston. So, do I think they find another way to win a game? I mean, this team with a win this week. And they play the Chargers twice. I mean, and the Patriots and Lions. I mean, like, they could be, they could finally, like, do something. I mean, I guess good for them, maybe. I don't know. I really don't like Denver. Just colors are absurd to me. I just, I don't know, that orange. I just don't, for some reason, I just hate that orange. Uh so it's probably just new bringing back the orange crust jerseys. Those are way better with the big old blue D with the with the blue and the big D on the side. That's what they probably really need to bring back. Um, I think Denver wins this game. I think uh, Houston right now is finding ways to lose games. Um, well, I couldn't say finding ways to lose. I mean, they're still pretty hot. I mean, and. They did beat the Bucks, Bengals, Cardinals before they lost to the Jaguars by three. I mean, they lost by the Jaguars to three. So, again, I don't really know. Um, I told uh, so. I'm not really for sure exactly uh, how to go with this one, but I'm going Denver. Why not? They seem to be the hot. I mean, they they seem to be pretty doing pretty well right now. So. And then after this, the Texans got the Jets, Titans, Browns, Titans, and Colts. So, I mean, they're going to be fine. After, even if they lose this game, that's still five winnable games that they have left. So, they can still finish 11-6. and six. And what's the Colts doing at 6-5, and five, just saying? That's weird. Getting on the Colts. But, good for Indy. Could barely be 7-5 and five right now. Um, Jacksonville. Next up, you got Tampa Bay, Carolina. Uh, Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield. Carolina fired Frank Wright, which I don't think it was Frank Wright's fault, to be honest. But, uh, you know, uh, their David Tepperman um, thought it was. And after 10 games of Frank Wright, he's let go. So, I think that Tampa Bay wins this game. And then 
Next up, you have Cleveland and uh, goes out to L.A. Cleveland is on a West Coast swing right now, and uh, they're starting Joe Flacco. So, taking L.A. Um, the 325 game is San Francisco and Philly. I really should think they should have put this at the Sunday night game, taking the KC Green Bay game out, but who am I to make that decision? Uh, San Francisco, Philly at Philly uh, on Fox. It's going to be the Fox game of the week. So that means we get to listen to Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart. Oh, my goodness. That's going to suck. Why can't this game be on CBS so we can listen to Tony Romo and Jim Nance? Or not? Yeah, that's right. Just saying. Uh, but whatever. Um, San Francisco goes into Philly and wins. That's all there is to it. Brock Purdy's playing this game. Uh, not happen. Not uh, not uh, not hurt. So San Francisco over Philly. Um, next up, we got Kansas City Green Bay for the Sunday night game because Kansas City is getting all the prime time games for some reason. Uh, Jordan loves feeling it. Uh, Casey, I don't know what's going on with Casey, man. Like that's a I don't know. If they're just sliding through the sliding through the season because they play in the FC West, and it's just like you know what we just win a division, so let's just go out there and not. But their defense definitely needs to step it up. The offense needs to step it up at times as well. So um, Jordan Love's pretty hot, but Green Bay's defense still suspect. So going KC. Um, and then the Monday night matchup is Cincinnati versus Jacksonville, which I thought this was going to be a bigger game during. At the beginning of the year, but Cincinnati is out without Joe Burrow. So, we get to see Jacksonville on primetime for the first time. I don't know. That's not a Sunday morning game out in London, for one. Uh, and I don't remember the last time Jacksonville actually had a primetime game. So, that's interesting. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville comes out and win that game as well. Uh, your team's on the buys this week is Buffalo, Chicago, Raiders, Vikings, Giants, and Baltimore. And then we got one more week of buys, and then everybody's back for 15, 16, 17, and 18. So, there's the weekend rundown for for your uh, football week. And uh, I got nothing else. So, hope your team wins this week to everybody, except for you Denver fans. I mean, I picked Denver to win, but I just don't like Denver, so... Also, Georgia fans, I hope your team doesn't win as well. Or Boise State fans, especially Boise State fans. You know, I've never been mad at a university before as much as I am Boise State right now. Because they have such a cool field. But then I want to put out some BS presser before this game. Like, get out of here, boy. So, um, yeah. So, enjoy your weekend. Uh, enjoy this coming up week. Bowl season starts in two weeks, boys and girls. And uh, next week's podcast We'll have NFL Friday, but uh, I'll up, I'm going to come up with some basketball content uh, since we are almost to, I mean, to me, basketball season doesn't start till Christmas Day anyway, so that's how that works. Um, but we'll come up with some basketball, basketball content for next week, uh, throw a little baseball content because the winter meetings are going on this weekend, so hopefully we get some news uh, out of there or next week. I guess winter meetings take place next week. So, hopefully by Friday, when uh, Thursday or Friday, uh, we get some news on that as well. So, all right. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I appreciate every one of you. And uh, enjoy the championship weekend. All right. Uh, Also, make sure to drop that follow if you were here for the first time. I know I got to do – my kid told me I need to start doing this at the start of the podcast or in the middle of the podcast. So that way it gets set earlier because he's like, what if people don't listen to the end? I'm like, eh, true. Uh, make sure you drop that follow, though. Ring the bell. Drop us so we you get notifications. Make sure you put this thing on auto-download, please. Uh, that way we get credit for downloads. Uh, we were almost to 1,000 downloads for the podcast since uh, May of last year, so that's a big milestone. And what were we, like 500 downloads uh, this middle of the summer? And we've already gotten 500 more almost. So, taking off, my man. Taking off. I figured about, uh, this is a, about a five-year plan. This thing should be huge. 
So we'll be year two in January. Um, so next month is year two of this podcast that was started on a conversation at 7 in the morning. So that's always fun. And for the first, uh, I don't know, year and a half was done off my phone. So <laughs> anyways, uh, make sure you follow me. Uh, YouTube, uh, the things are up on YouTube as well. Uh, the podcast I wrote on my YouTube page, One Guy With A Mic. You can go listen to them there uh, while you're at work. So don't always have to listen to me on your phone as well. Uh, and then as always, go to shankitgolf.com and use the code One Guy O N E gui to get a discount at checkout so all right thank you and have a spectacular week ahead hey there sports history fan this is arnie chapman aka the football history dude and i wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the sports history network our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear and if you didn't know it already We have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. The Pigskin Tales podcast is all about the lesser-known pro football players. Yes, there are stories about the ones we know, like Brad Tarkenton and Harold Red Grange. But... Have you ever heard of Ernie Nevers? How about Dave Osborne or even Grady Alderman? These men created their own path to the NFL. How did they do it? Listen to the Pigskin Tales podcast. Now streaming on your favorite music platform. Go to pigskintales.com. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.